It's hot and dry today as I pick my way over brightly colored rock and reds and greens. That's why it's called the Red Hills, magnesium-rich stones thrust up from the innards of the earth and causing the soil to be too depleted for trees. Here in this southern portion of the Richmond Range, I feel like I've been dropped into a western, one of those movies where the heroine is completely lost. But I'm not lost, and it's only the air and ground that's dry. There are dozens of streams with cold, clean water emptying the snowfields above to drink from and to fill my hat and dump it over my head. As a southbound hiker or sobo on the Teadadoa, I at least have the advantage that the sun is at my back. My eyelashes stay damp and matted for many steps before drying. My drinking water is already hot. As I descend, I see on my map that I've crossed the 1,900-kilometer mark. Only 1,100 to go to Bluff, the end of the earth, it would seem, on the Fovo Strait. I feel so good. I forget about speed. I forget about getting there. And I just enjoy the ride. And then this lost heroine hears voices. It's the Czechs, Kachka and Kuba, walking fast towards Porter's Creek Hut, an orange speck in the distance. At four o'clock in the afternoon, I have every intention of calling it a day. But they have other ideas. It's only six and a half miles to the next hut. They are hard miles, with an estimate of five hours to get there. But Kuba tells me that if we go to the next hut, we're better set up to get to St. Arno, the next town, at a reasonable hour. Okay, sure, I guess that makes sense. And then Kachka adds another point. You know, she says, if you have the energy, the daylight, and the weather is good, you should always try to get some distance while the getting's good. It's pretty hot here, and I've got companionship. Fast and motivated companionship, but companionship nonetheless. So off I go, Kachka leading and Kuba pulling up the rear. The heroine no longer lost. You're listening to The P-Rag, Unfiltered Adventures of the Blissful Hiker. I'm Allison Young, the Blissful Hiker, sometime professional flutist, sometime voice artist, and full-time pedestrian. Like the small backpacking essential of the same name, the P-Rag shares the unglamorous but vital truth about empowerment as badass people who really don't need permission to blaze our own trails in this journey we call life. Thanks to Lecky Trekking Poles for supporting the P-Rag podcast. If you want to be a blissful hiker, Lecky should be in your hands. And Belega, makers of the best blister-resist, non-slouching, foot-massaging socks for the long haul. Like just about every morning, I'm up before everyone else and out the door. I grab two bars and shove them in my pocket, then throw on olive oil and head up to Purple Top before the sunrise. A family of goats meets me as I come out of the trees, and low cloud like a bubble bath fills the valleys. The actual top is off trail, so I leave my pack below on a quest for views. The sun heats the valley, burning the cloud cover to small cottony drifters. I feel energized after last night. Nice and interesting people, 
We laugh, we share, and we commiserate. It's really what I needed. I can see the hut from here in the long scree slog. Soon I'll go down into the river valley and say goodbye to views for the rest of today. So I stay here for an hour or so and just drink it in. But leaving here isn't entirely true, as tantalizing openings show the mountains I just crossed and the red hills I hope to reach tomorrow. Wasps are everywhere on the way to Tarn Hut, one tangles in my hair buzzing noisily by my ear. I meet three heavily laden nobos, that's northbounders, and we share beta. They have absolutely no interest in the North Island, and I'm flabbergasted since I loved it so much. I carry on and cross over one blowdown after another, reminding me of the North Island, and that maybe I didn't love it all that much. The trail goes up, down, and sidles mountaintops before dropping 1,500 feet on badly eroded trail to the Wairoa River. I'm back to emerald green pools clear to the bottom, and the river is my trail. Rippled light bounces on the white rock above, On this section, the trail is sometimes very thin above the water. I use roots and rocks for handholds and step carefully. Though I accidentally grab a handful of stinging nettles, the pain firing all over my left hand. The rushing rapids are a constant companion, and I'll cross this river eight times. But I'm in no hurry. The hut will be hot until the sun sets, so it's best to saunter through this last part. I wonder who will follow me tonight. I sing different songs for each crossing to correspond to its number. Right now I'm on take five with water just below my knees. I cross on mossy rock above a triple waterfall, boiling white pauses to green-brown then over the smoothed edge. Falls means steep climbing. The hut is said to be out of the trees below a high mountain, and I'll climb its shoulder in the morning. But right now, I'm working my way over boulders and sand next to a torrent. This is not the place to be after a long period of rain or during snowmelt, obviously. Finally, the eighth crossing takes me straight up dirt and scree to a flat spot, and I'm greeted by a bright orange outhouse staked to the ground with guy wires. The hut, too, is bright orange, with 513 painted on its side. It's all about being seen by a helicopter if there's an emergency, and it suddenly makes me realize how lucky I am to have such calm weather over all those exposed places. The hut is empty, so I set up on my favorite bunk sideways to the door and across the room. Access to drinking water is steep, but doable, so I fill up then rinse my hair and face. Absolute bliss. My routine begins with soup, like tomato or chicken, then another soup where I mix noodles, tuna, cashews, olives, LSA, and yeast flakes. It replaces liquids and gives me protein. I'm basically hungry all the time now, so I start munching on chocolate. I love having the hut all to myself, but then in come the checks. I thought I'd pushed pretty hard to get here, and so I did since these two young ones thought they pushed hard, too. I do sometimes get wrapped up in getting there, which makes me keep going for maybe too many hours a day. 
I skipped swimming at a beautiful swimming hole, mainly because the sandflies were feasting. Though I guess all those river crossings and my mini hair wash just now made up for it. Tomorrow, I tell myself, I'll choose not to go quite as far, and I'll take more time to enjoy it. You're listening to The P-Rag, Unfiltered Adventures of the Blissful Hiker. Through sharing my stories of walking long-distance trails as a solo middle-aged female hiker, I hope I can empower you to learn to hike your own hike, too. You can subscribe to The P-Rag wherever you get your podcasts. And if you're on Apple, please leave a review that helps other people find the podcast. I wake up with a jolt from nightmares. I'd gone home trying to explain what I'm doing, and then had one of those dreams where your house has extra rooms you didn't know about. Those are always a challenge for me, as though I'm not tapping into my resources fully. The Czechs are up early, too, though taking their time to cook and eat breakfast. They tell me they're impressed I just throw on my clothes, pack olive oil, and head on out. It's not a particularly honed skill, it's just how I am preferring to get going while the light is good. And boy, is it. I'm now in the Red Hills, and it's a world transformed from verdant to desert. In the morning light, the color is more an orange-gold. I go straight up from the hut to start, rock-hopping on massive boulder slide. The rock is grippy, shaped like layers of baby fat, or as though sharpened by hundreds of dull knives. Up and up I go as the sun bakes hotter and hotter. I sidle Mount Ellis and think about something a friend of mine named Allison told me. It took her several days on a recent backpack trip in Colorado to find her rhythm. That's definitely true for thru-hiking, too. The days in Nelson and Abel Tasman were exquisite, but returning to the trail had me wondering if all the kilometers I'd walked before had simply been some sort of lucky streak, and maybe I don't really know what I'm doing at all. It has taken me time to feel like I do today, relaxed, going with the flow, taking as many breaks as I want, and studying all that's around me, from impressive views to the rocks at my feet. It does help to have fantastic weather, but I love this feeling of finding my groove especially on this moonscape of scree, followed by humps of thick grass. It's dry, but there's water everywhere, including this gorgeous stream of faded aqua and brown stone. I cross it, then walk up and down along it, then cross again, and crack straight uphill to a beautiful hut. Hunter's hut, that replaced one destroyed in a flash flood, and honors the two hunters who died on that terrible night. The hunt is built with a porch that shades the sun, and I stay for nearly an hour, eating and enjoying the spectacular view. But soon I have to go, and move on to the next hut where I plan to stay. The trail shoots steeply down before going right back up again, eventually taking me past streams, streams as trail, and mud as trail, before opening onto a mysterious saddle of burnt ochre and sparkly green seams. The look is so reminiscent of the desert. I expect snakes. Pests thankfully never introduced to this island. 
I mint-step on very slippery scree made of tiny stones eroding over steep precipices. The manuka trees have one living branch in full bloom next to dried, gray dead branches reaching to the sky. I see the hut in the distance, an orange speck that would be easily seen from the air. Contemplating continuing from this hut, I make Kachka and Kuba promise me they'll stay with me if I walk with them. They do, and we don't waste time filling our water bottles and heading down on extra slippery small rocks to a massive riverbed of boulders. It's just a tiny trickle now compared to what created this canyon and snakes around and around. We cross it over and over, rock hopping before a big climb in forest. I find I can keep up with these kids, flying up high to a spectacular new valley, back to mountains covered in green bush, soft folds upon folds. Things start out as a balcony walk and show where we're headed, the path clear high above the river below. But there's no way to continue like this with side valleys bringing water to the river. So it's down steeply on disintegrating cliffs to cross boulder-filled side creeks, followed by enormous climbs up and out. We get wet, muddy, out of breath, and exhausted. But after four hours, we finally come to a beautiful new hut in an extraordinary setting. I think I might have met him. I got, that's ringing a bell. It's still a little bit light, and there are exactly three bunks waiting just for us. Rob is there from Captain Creek, an American named Justin who's heading north, and Charlie who walks nearly 30 kilometers a day. I'm about to say goodbye to this glorious but very challenging Richmond range. My pack is ripped, my hat rim busted, my feet are a pruny disaster from all the river crossings. No, you do not stop to remove your shoes before walking through a river in New Zealand. You'd never get anywhere if you did. I did spend most of the night scratching my sandfly bites until they bled. Vicious little monsters. I take off early on the final piece, the Maitland Track, an expert bike path for 12 kilometers. Still heaps of up and down, but on reasonably nice trail. I think about the American named Justin telling me he got here from Bluff in 36 days. Wow, I think. Until I realize he skipped huge portions of the trail. My feet don't walk on asphalt, he tells me. He even skipped this section. I try not to judge, and instead calculate the real timing to bluff for a thru-hiker as I walk into a ghostly forest of moss and manuka. I catch up to Charlie, and we walk together towards the road, where we see a handmade poster announcing a missing hiker. He was off for nine days in the Richmond Range. I can't imagine what his family is feeling. None of us have seen him, but the weather has been good and the trail very well marked. It's sad, and it's frightening. Charlie is training for certification in the very rigorous English mountaineering course. He's also run several ultra-marathons, including a seven-day race in the Atacama Desert in Chile. An interesting young man who inspires me to do and see more. He'll be miles ahead in a day's time, but I'm glad to share the pavement as it makes the walk quick and easy. We talk about our walking styles, how we both like to seize the morning hours and dislike knowing exactly how many more kilometers to go or how much more uphill to go. 
It seems that both of us have feet that do walk on asphalt. We share how we feel haunted by the very small parts that we skipped on the Teararoa, since we want to do it all, bristling a bit when we're called purists. Walking it all means heading on to a new section tomorrow. We both worry that our resupply boxes of food won't show up in St. Arno, or that there won't be anywhere to stay. And looking at the weather, we see bad news in gale-force winds, squally showers, and freezing temperatures. And then I think of the saying, action is worry's worst enemy. There is a place to stay. Her boxes are waiting for us, and the restaurant is fully stocked with pizza and beer. I pushed hard to walk the trail while the walking and the weather was good, not leaving myself exposed to dangerous river crossings or eroding cliffs in the rain and wind. The next section will take care of itself, because right now the action I need to take is to rest. Thanks so much to Lucky Trekking Poles and Belega Socks for supporting the PRAG podcast. You can subscribe, rate, and review the PRAG at Apple Podcasts. And you can find out more about my long walk, the Teodoroa, and other trails from all around the world. It's at thepRAG.com. Next week, I do move on, even with the weather looking a bit iffy, mostly because the Kiwis themselves said, keep going. And they were right. Until then, my friends. Kia kaha, and happy trails. <laughs>